What are your qualifications? Ah, well, I attended Juilliard. I'm a graduate of the Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I have people skills. I am good at dealing with people. You just don't know when to give up, do you? I could do this all day. The Matt Sodnikar Podcast. Hey guys, Cole here, producer for the Mad Sodnikar Podcast. This episode's a bit unique. It features an extremely talented artist named Corbett Kiesler. This one's almost a dual medium episode, so head on over to Instagram to check out Corbett's profile. It might help with what Matt and Corbett discuss during the profile. Corbett's Instagram is art.by.corbettkiesler. That's A-R-T period B-Y period C-O-R-B-E-T-T-K-E-S-L-E-R. And with that, here's this week's episode. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Matt Sodnikar. I'm sitting here with my friend Corbett Kiesler. And uh, we're sitting here because I saw him on Instagram with his art. And I don't even want to describe it. And I'll let that introduce <laughs> Corbett. And what are we looking at here? Uh, this is actually a old Mexican... Uh, art form called Weechul. Um, I know I'm going to screw it up. It's spelled H-U-I-C-H-O-L. Okay. And uh, it's an art form of beating, uh, beating different skulls and animals. And um, I first ran across it. I was in Puerto Vallarta. <laughs> And uh, just on vacation, and you know how you go shopping in the little, the little tourist trap stores and everything. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I walked in. I, I found this little ceramic beaded skull about the size of a grapefruit, and it had all these multiple colors, and it was just, just all these little shapes on it. I just thought that is badass. That's that's really cool. And so I bought it. For, it was like, I don't know, twenty five bucks maybe. Yeah. And that was ten years ago. Yeah, about 10 years ago. And I, it, it was actually like a pin holder. Like you had little holes on top and you put your pins in. And I used to use it as my toothbrush holder. And I looked at that thing for 10 years. And um, just I always loved it, always liked it. And um, I was actually in a store in, uh, where was it, Salida cool little shop and slide with a bunch of friends and uh my girlfriend saw this cow skull hang on the wall and it had a lot a lot of big beads on it and stuff like and it wasn't anything like this and it they had like nine hundred dollars on it (laughs) i'm like (laughs) and my girlfriend really liked it and i was like i'm not paying nine hundred dollars for it but then i just started looking at it and like i can do that I think I can figure that out. And uh, so I just, there's not a whole lot of research online to how to do it. So I just trial and error and I just kind of figured it out and watched a lot of YouTube and, and uh, figured it out. This is, this is the first, I started off way too big. This is this is a cow this is a cow skull. Nobody ever does that. This is a cow skull. That's what I was like. I'm gonna just do a cow skull for my girlfriend. I've redone that twice now. I'm thinking about starting over again. 
And when you say redone, and I'll, I'll put, this is going to be one of the most photo intensive uh, episodes I've done, but I'll have pictures of all this stuff. So people have context. So when you say you've redone that, does that mean that you've taken all the beadwork off of that? Off. Down to down down to the bear down to the bear. Wow! And the only reason I've done that is because my skills have gotten better and better and better using better better materials, better okay. techniques, and it's just like, oh, that sucks. I I can do I can do it better now. And so when it's for yourself, you're just like, oh, I think I should start over again. Well, because you're going to see it every day. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, this is the, the original one I, I started with was that. Oh, wow. And I started off with the most expensive beads and the most tiny beads. And it took so long, especially as a beginner, it took forever. <laughs> and so I just kind of put it to the side and so, um, once I did a couple other smaller pieces, uh, the Ram skulls and stuff, I was like, okay, I got, I got this. And so I changed, changed some techniques and changed some beats and then scraped the whole thing off, started again, then switched to a different style bead, which was even better. And some different techniques. And now it's like half done on the wall. And I'm like, I think I want to start over again. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to describe so, it looking at it. But like, obviously we'll put photos up. But yeah, it's a, it's a cow skull. Uh, the horns are painted gold. And then there's just a gorgeous fade of just blues and silvers and sort of uh, geodesic, more like Arrowhead Southwestern. And it's just, the, the thing that blew me away, just even looking at your Instagram photos, is just the laser precision on there. And I'm, I struggle with detail work and I'm a, like an Adobe Illustrator hack. So I look more like on the font, like on the graphic design mm -hmm. side, I have to see things. I'll see things not lined up correctly. And the fact that you're working on a three-dimensional curved imperfect surface and it's lined up hundred percent. Like I just, I'm getting lost just staring <laughs> and how precise that is. And it gives me kind of the heebie jeebies thinking that <laughs> that would be my, that, that would be hell for me. That'd be my eternity is to do what you're doing because it would drive me insane. And this is the funny thing about like in any other thing that I, I've self self taught my stuff, self taught myself, everything like, Growing up, building cars, working on cars back in the boom block age where you build your own boxes in the back of your cars and yeah. stereos. My dad would kind of show me a little bit. It's like, here you go, do it. And so just try and learn. And so I've always learned that way. And I'm not a perfectionist at all by any means. I mean, like finished work, stuff like that. I'm like, eh, this is good. Slap some pain, you know, <laughs> but this is a different story. And if you don't take the proper steps in the beginning, it screws up. And that's why, that's why I've done that one twice. Now I'm going to do it three times possibly. And, uh, you definitely learned how I learned the tricks 
to, to keep it all straight. And, um, because like the original beads I, or the, the second style beads that I use the kind of the cheaper, more Czech, the Czech bead from the Czech Republic. So you can look, there's what, maybe 15 beads in there. Yeah. But if you look at all of them, there's no consistency to them size. Oh, yeah, the holes are all different. The holes the are, different. Shapes are the, different. The shapes are all, all sorts of screwy. And so imagine trying to keep everything straight. And because I kind of work in a pattern around when none of the beads are uniform. Sure. It's even harder to keep everything in line. So um, I was actually on Instagram and I ran across a guy that does the same style stuff, but put me to shame. I mean, this guy's stuff is just amazing. <laughs> amazing. Uh, my skull downstairs is close to what he does, but his stuff was just perfect. And the color schemes and different. And I'm like, how the hell is he doing that? Because I was limited to this bead and the, the colors that comes in that bead and finally I got to creeping enough and I'm not going to say he was friendly, but he was kind of standoffish just because he, I guess he didn't want to really divulge what all he does. And so I finally, I took it. I, there's a little bead shop literally two blocks from where I live. And I took a picture of his bead because he had on Instagram a picture of his beads. I'm like, what are these? <laughs> and the, the little nice lady in there is like, oh, those are those are Mayokis. Those are those are Japanese beads. They're more expensive, but the um, the consistency is so much better. And so these I switched to these Mayokis and they're all, almost all perfect. Yeah. So that took everything to, to a different level. So these are about a millimeter across. Yeah. If you have that, right? there's a, yeah. Yeah. Slightly bigger than a millimeter. And that hole has got to be half or a quarter. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're just, and so crazy. the only bad thing about using these is the only, nobody carries them in, in town. So I have to order them all online. So you can't really just see them. And so like going to the bead shop two blocks away, but that was a big game changer. And there's, they have a lot more variety and different styles of beads and they're, they're just limitless. And so, uh, but yeah, that kind of changed, changed the way I, I, I did this art. Yeah. And so, um, if you want to see how I, I start, I start the design process. I, I figured out. Yeah. Let's I, go through that. Like you get a, you basically have a blank canvas, right? So a let's skull. Let's say so, I've got this skull here. So here's one I haven't even started with. This is a, uh, uh, some sort of African antelope and all the skulls that I use normally are fake resin. Like, I mean, this is okay. Th those horns come off. Okay. So 
It's just a fake resin skull that, but it looks real. I was going to ask about the human skull. Like, where are you taking those up? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got, a, I got a story for that. But, but um, I like using the fake resin skulls because it's easier to work with. The real stuff kind of gets dry and flakes off. Oh, and you got to do a lot more prep work. And so, um, what I do here is, so with the with the the blank skull, I do a grid work. So kind of like. Kind of like that. Okay. I do uh, just on with a Sharpie. I go underneath and just do a a grid work up and down. And you can kind of see it through there. Okay. So I start with a a grid work, the, the actual skull itself. But then sometimes even before that, I... I start the design process in my head. I'm like, what, what do I want? And I, what I normally do is come up with a focal piece on like a Ram skull or like a one dimensional skull, a a focal piece and then build off of there. And I, I saw this chick on um, YouTube and she was doing some kind of little, I mean, little stuff, not to kind of compare to what I do. And she was like, well, I use this program on my iPad. And it was basically um, a coloring book hmm. program. It's called Recolor. So it's it's literally, I mean, this one I paid for, but it's, it's a coloring book. Okay. And, but what I've done is I go in and I upload a little dot matrix. So, um, you can up uh, this, this app, you can upload any of, um, any documents that you have and basically color, color, whatever you want. So I've got a grid work with, with beads or just little, uh, little circles. So what I can do, I can go in and set up, Norman. Uh, I can go in and set up different colors that match my beads. Okay. And then just start, start coloring, uh, dot by dot by dot. And I can pre-plan out my main design. All right. Uh, when I get a design I like, so like this is, uh, it's kind of like the one downstairs. Wow. That take this domain design. I mean, it could take, you know, multiple times redoing it. Um, This is probably one of my best designs and this sounds really bad, but I did my best design work in, in the hospital while my mom was in the hospital. (laughs) She had some blood clots and I made an emergency trip down to Texas and um, she's, Thank goodness. All, she's all good now. Good. But, um, sitting in the hospital for two days, what are you going to do? And I'm like, oh, I can do my, my designs. So I did two or three different designs and redid them three or four times and kind of figure out the coloring and stuff. And so the, the design work is real beforehand is really important. Cause I've screwed up several times and not, uh, kind of just half-assed do the design and then get it on there and it looks like crap. Huh. So you scrape it off and you start over again. So going back to the hospital, I want so, to ask you this question. Do you find the design process and the actual bead work? Is it 
meditative for you? Are you do you meditate? Let me ask you that question. Do you meditate, and then do you find this calming in in your existence to do this? I don't meditate. I probably should, but my mind races way too much. <laughs> um. I don't think it's really calm. I, I enjoy, I, I enjoy the creation more than anything, okay. the actual creating. And, um, when it, I'm, I, I really like in the design process when I'm on the iPad, when it's finished and I say, that's cool. That's what I like. But the whole process during that, it's, I don't just seek out doing that. Sure. at the end of it when you finally get that design like are you able to keep your mind focused in the design or yeah okay yeah Yeah. all right yeah because that's what i have to do i have to keep bringing myself back to the task Mm -hmm. at hand because something that is repetitive like i'll I'll get lost in something that is a creative endeavor Mm -hmm. i'm trying to do something that is truly artistic but when i start getting into the repetition phase of like all right i've got this design to implement it that's when my mind starts, you know, rocket ship leaving. And I got to come back to where I'm at. And that's, I, I'm the exact same way. So on, let's say for say this skull right here, I loved, I mean, I started on this side. I loved doing this. Okay. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Just because it was creating. And I'm like, Oh, that looks like my design. I, it's working out well. I'm going to change a few things. But then when you flip over and start the new side, and you're copying it, it's not the same feeling. Right. Because you're not create. I mean, you've already created it, so you're just copying it. So there's there's some definitely some some love and some, you know, you're like one side's cool and the other side's just repetitive. Yeah. So I, I get that. And I when I get to the other side, I got to like take breaks and, you know, like, ah, oh, that's, that's when I feel like, I'm kind of over this type thing, you know, sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but, um, well, you're a musician too, right? Yeah. So yeah. does that tie into like learning a song or writing a song and then performing it where you've kind of, you know, not jumped the shark. That's not the right term, but like, yeah, you've, I've never written music or, or, or even come. Yeah. I, yeah. So I wouldn't, <laughs> I like where you're going, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, I can, I can definitely see, um, the ties to music and, and creativeness in that. Um, but sorry, going back to the, going back to the process, um, I started, so, so basically you, you design it, you do the grid work and then now it's time to, to execute and so, um, all my research is, so basically it's a skull or any, I mean, you can do it on anything, coffee cup, whatever. And then you put a beeswax on it okay. and then you just poke these beads one by one. So it's not adhesive. In so the- I, I figured this out. Um, it's, it's a beeswax. Here you go. I started buying this special beeswax from this lady uh, on Etsy. She charged like six bucks for a puck, about the size of a hockey puck. Mm-hmm. And I was going through those right and left. And I was like, of course my brain is, 
why the hell am I doing this? I can figure it out myself. So I started making it myself. It's a combination four to one beeswax and Vaseline. And then you put another part, uh, pine resin, Hmm. like dried pine resin to give you that little stickiness to it. That's a little tack. Yeah. Just a little tack. And so, um, mate, pennies on the dollar (laughs) compared to what I was buying it for. (laughs) And it comes out a little beeswaxy color and, but you spread it on about an eighth inch all on whatever surface that you want to cover. And, uh, it'll stay that way for, for a long, long time. Um, so then you put the, put the beads on and technically they'll stay sure. They're not going anywhere. Um, if I'm going to ship a bead or something like that, I I'll go ahead and spray a clear coat on it, you know, just like a clear spray paint on it just to ensure the, the stick. Well, that makes sense on how you could take the, the cattle skull back down to the bare yeah. skull. Cause I was thinking that if this is like an epoxy or something no. destructive, but no. Okay. So they're, they were probably really not meant to be handled. Like you would just, yeah, you wouldn't, I mean, just like art, you wouldn't really, but everybody wants to like, Oh, <laughs> everybody wants to pet it. I mean, my, it's all like, I know, but it, it's a really cool tactile feeling. I yeah, mean, it is. Um, uh, my my girlfriend, she the the skull I did a ram skull for, and it's by far the best I've done. And she'll just walk by and pet it. <laughs> I'm like, crap! I think I need a. And I didn't I didn't um, I didn't spray it just because it was staying in the house and wasn't going anywhere. And so uh, I probably need to go back and spray it. But um, yeah, it's really cool tactile feeling. Uh, yeah. And so, um, it's a really, it's a fun creative process, but it's sometimes monotonous. Um, I'm kind of the designs. I really like the Aztec, you know, geometric right angles, stuff like that. I think that's kind of where my wheelhouse is on the design. That's kind of where I go to. Um, but recently I, I had a, a guy I went to high school with wanted me to commission a uh, human skull and, um, he's like, I really want it day of the dead or Dias de Morte type. I was like, all right, I think I, I can do it. And it's taken me forever. <laughs> I mean, like how we say forever, like how long are we like, talking about? In a normal skull, like a ram skull, I generally have about 25 hours worth of work. That's not including the design time. Sure. 25 of actually poking beads. And um, this one, I've already have 25, 30 in it. And I'm not even, I mean, I'm three quarters of the way done. Yeah. And it's just because it's a different style that I'm used to. It's a lot more, if you really look at it, there's little pieces here. I mean, there's all sorts of little design pieces here, not just one big piece. Like I've got a new, I, I I'm really into kind of the Mexican culture. I grew up in Texas and, and just 
the I think the Mexican design and the cultures and stuff like that's really really kind of neat. And so um, I was like, I really like the Mexican scorpions on stuff. Hmm. And so I was like, I wonder if I can figure it out. So if you see my, this is my, my attempt at putting a scorpion into. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, um, so then I'm this one, I was even put like a mustache on it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and a little scorpions over the eyes. And so, um, the, this one's, I'm trying to do a, a more traditional, uh, Weechel style and, um, and yeah, it's taken me forever. I'll show you, I'll show you a kind of a traditional Weechel style skull. Um, like that's a traditional one. Oh, okay. Yeah, just bold colors, just, you know, animals in there, like Aztec. I love that. And what's really cool, I just I um I just kind of discovered this two days ago. So uh, I'm a school teacher and so um obviously in the summertime I'm I'm not working. So what uh, what do you teach? I teach high school special ed. Okay. And so um so I, I watch a lot of kids movies because I, I teach a lot of kids, uh, down syndrome, Asperger's different, different things. And so, you know, Fridays we run out of stuff to do. So we, sometimes we pop in movies. So kind of in the kids movies a little bit, uh, and on Netflix, Coco just came out the mm-hmm. kind of the, I was like, Oh, I really want to watch that because it had a lot of Mexican culture in it. And, um, <laughs> So if you've watched the movie, they have these spirit animals. Have you seen the movie? Not yet. Okay. They have these spirit animals that come in and help save the day type Disney thing. You know what I mean? And I'm looking at it, I'm like, that's the, that's the Weechel art I'm doing. Because if you go back and look at the traditional Mexican Weechel's uh, skulls and they do animals and jaguars and all it's, it's like weird, all these different colors and schemes. And I probably should have done some research, but it, I think it goes back to like a spirit animal. And uh, so watching this movie, I'm like, that's like the skulls that I'm doing and and making coming back. It is like a full circle. So it was really kind of neat. Just imprinted on you from yeah, I'm like, Texas. Yeah, I'm like, oh, wow, that's cool. Have you seen Book of Life? It's another animated one. I'll send you a link to that. That like, If I've you liked Coco, I think, uh, visually, I think uh, Book of Life would blow you away. Yeah. It's, it's another good one. Well, I grew up in Pueblo, Colorado, south of here. So Yeah, there's a huge Mexican population there. Yeah, and trying to trace back like my love of skulls, I think it was like subtly imprinted on me growing up in Pueblo. Mm-hmm. And then I was way big into hair metal in high school. So there's, <laughs> you know, Iron Maiden, Too like metallic, Too and like fold, t-shirt, yeah. you know, so there's yeah. always that. And I've moved away from sort of the, like the biker uh, metal skulls. Yeah. And definitely into, you know, Day of the Dead. But I'm super fussy about what I like and what I don't like. Like mm-hmm. stuff that I've seen at Target or Walmart, kind of the mass-produced stuff. I cannot stand the it. The cheese ball stuff. You're just yeah. like, come on, really? Yeah. It's yeah. it's almost too. 
I agree with you. It's almost too popular. Yeah. And that, just to be honest, it's not my favorite style to do. And I think right. it, I think that's because it's gotten too popular. Right. I'm, I'm, I like to be different. And so when something comes like the norm, I'm like, ah, I gotta change, I gotta change it up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I remember seeing some plates at Target and I was going to buy them and I was like, I just don't no, I've seen that design. Like it's just, I know it's coming uh-huh. out of China and it's uh-huh. like a reproduction and, you know, and like, we'll, we'll have to go down to the Santa Fe art walk one day. Yeah. I have not done, I've, I've done the, I haven't done the first Friday. I really want to. There's some amazing stuff and there's a store in there that just has, again, they've got some chintzy stuff, but there's some other things yeah. that are just really cool that, um, just really speaks to me. And it's kind of like, I, I really dig it. I, um, do this whole, pro- I've always been kind of creative and just, I mean, making amps and anything. I grew up very poor. Both my, both my parents were school teachers. So if you can't build it or make it yourself, you're not going to get it type thing. Like right. my mom used to make all my clothes and stuff. He used to piss me off so bad because, <laughs> you know, get, get all these clothes, they're all homemade, stuff like that. I'm like, <laughs> what the hell mom? You know, and would never buy the Jordans or anything like that. Uh, you know, but then it's just kind of stuck with me and I'm like, Oh, if I can't make it, I, it's not really. So I started, you know, getting into making when I, when I picked up guitar, I've made guitars now and guitar amplifiers and just different stuff. And that was kind of my creative outlet. And then never really thought of myself as a artist, if you will. And over the last year, I've only been doing this for like a year and I found this, I'm like, I think this is kind of my calling a little bit. It's amazing to see. So I still remember in sixth grade in Pueblo. So my dad got out of the army when I was maybe trying to think here. So like six or seven and we moved to Pueblo. He got a job with Pfizer and then we had to have the gym uniform. So the gray shirt, I think they were green shorts and you had to have running shoes Mm. or something. And all I wanted was a pair of, I think it was ponies. And we couldn't afford, and in no means were we like broke, but like the parents worked really hard. I had a pair and I, I can't remember if we couldn't afford the ponies or what, but I just didn't have the ponies. And I had a pair from, I think it was, well, it wasn't Walmart. Anyway, some chain store. Yeah. And it was tracks, T R <laughs> and maybe that's what got me started, like being like logo conscious. Is uh-huh. I remember seeing those shoes, and I think I got some shit for wearing those. <laughs> and I came home and I found like a seam ripper, and I pulled the, the logo. <laughs> I would rather have plain white shoes than you know rocking those tracks. That's right? funny. I'm I'm kind of the same way. I, I just from growing up and not having I, like like I, it wasn't poor poor, but they yeah. just didn't. I mean, it wasn't necessary to buy name brand clothes. Yeah, and so today. It, even today I'm kind of, I, I won't spend a lot of money on clothes, but I like different styles. So right. I'll go to American Eagle and I'll say, Oh, that's a cool shirt, but it's got this big ass 
tag, American Eagle tag order. I'll pull out all the tags <laughs> off. <laughs> you know, maybe a six dollar shirt, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> take that logo off. Oh, yeah, to this day, man, like uh, I don't know if I was going through a growing phase. Like I have, if I have one, uh, it's not a phobia, but it's like if I if my pants are too short, they're gone. And whether, I don't know if they got washed or dry cleaned or shrunk or whatever, like they could be a month old. If they're too short, I will never wear them again. Yeah. And it comes from not being poor, but I just think like going through growth phase and all yeah. of a sudden I got, you know, high waters on. You're like, no, <laughs> there's a tight roll, right? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> oh, so what was your story about the, the human skull? Oh yeah. So, <laughs> so, um, I work at Aurora Central High School, and if you know anything about Denver Aurora, it's one of the rougher high schools in town. Yes, yeah. Uh, and so one of the teachers um, started up a phys, uh, I don't know what, it, what he calls it, kind of an engineering class. And this guy is, he's a very eclectic dude. And, um, I had a bunch of tools and stuff that I w was not using. So I went down and donated to his classroom and, uh, he's like, Oh, that's, that's really great. And I, I don't know how we got it on skulls, but he was like, Oh man, I got a, I got a skull collection. I, I collect skulls and on my ears perk up. I'm like, Oh yeah. You know, he's like, well, he's like, well, I'll, I'll get, since you gave me all these tools, I'll, I'll, I'll get you some, I'll get, you know, I'll give you a skull or something. He's like, as I was walking out, he was like, How do, what do you feel about a live human skull? And I was like, at first I was like, Oh, what do you say? I'm like, sure. He's like, man, I've had this skull for like 30 years and I've even given it away once and it's come back to me. And I it just sits in a box in my garage and, and I'm like, okay. I was like, that might be kind of creepy, but it might be kind of cool. And so more and more I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, I think that'd be awesome. So uh, I was, uh, my tattoo guy, I was talking to him about it. And I was like, hey, would you be interested in a, like a real human skull beaded? He's like, hell yeah. I remember so he starts going on and on about it. So I'm like, yeah, okay, this, this is really cool. Well, I looked up. Do you know how much a real human skull would cost you? <laughs> Take a guess. Uh, like totally clean, like not like crime scene stuff. Like you're just going to get one. Yeah. Yeah. 3000 bucks. No, but it was like 1500 bucks. Where, where would you get one? There's websites. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where do they get them? I don't know. Uh, don't, don't ask. But... I, so a week later, I'm like, Hey, after I figured that out, I'm like, I can make some money off this thing. He's going to give it to me. And after like a week later, I'm like, Hey, what, what, what's the scoop? He, he kind of dodged me for another week. And then he's like, yeah, man, I, I, I just can't, I just can't give it away. I, I, I'll give you something else. I'm like, come on. And then another week later, he's like, yeah, I think I'm going to give it to you. I think I'm going to give it to you. And then nothing. So it totally welched on me, <laughs> totally welched, but, uh, I would do it. Definitely do it. So did you ever find out any of the story and how he had it or who it was? No clue. Or... No clue. 
Huh. No clue. I'm generally, I generally think the best about people and fairly optimistic. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, uh, you know, a great, great aunt or something. Yeah. <laughs> no clue, but There's clearly some emotional stuff with uh, the skull. The more and more I think about it, I'm like, I think it'd be really cool if I, I definitely want a buyer lined up before. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And then, then what, what design do you do? You know, it's, it's like a, you want to honor that skull, that person who or that was, you know, I th- actually, I think it'd be an honor for, yeah. to you know, to do an art form on somebody's remains. I mean, yeah. Well, I was reading uh, better than sitting in a box somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. Did you ever look into like the death masks that were popular way back in the, I think it was like almost the turn of the century. Like they would do a casting of like your I last. Know, so, yeah. Is that what they're called? Death I, masks? Yeah. Or? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's a little bit uh, too realistic. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, it would be kind of a cool tribute. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what I really like about the more that I actually dig into the, the day of the dead and sort of the mentality behind it. You're, you're celebrating yeah. that person and it's not meant to be sad. And it's yeah. just like, let's have a party and honor this person. And it's not life. satanic or anything. I was talking to my mom. My mom's really, really, really religious yeah. from small Amarillo, Texas. And she's like, you just, you just need to be careful when you're working on those skulls. And, and you, yeah, you just, just I'm like mom, really? <laughs> Already, I didn't even tell her about the real human skull. <laughs> but just you, you, you just I believe in the devil, and, and it, you just you never know how he works. <laughs> I'm like, okay, mom, okay, mom. <laughs> Save that conversation. For That'll be good. They pass the potatoes, and oh, by the way, yeah. <laughs> So, so let's go back to the process. So you put yeah. the, the, the beeswax on there. Beeswax you, you on the there. Beads. So then you've got your design and then how, take me through putting um, beads on. The- so like on a, like a animal skull, I would start in the, the what, you, what you call blaze. Like if a okay. horse has a blaze, like a, oh. a stripe down, down its nose, uh, it's just the center of his forehead. Uh, start on the blaze and then work my way out. Um, like in a cone, you know, a circle. Uh, but in the human style skull, um, I started on the side. So doing this, um, start on the side, move to a different side, uh, for the same design and then worked through the middle. Mm-hmm. But it's really kind of a pain in the ass because not everything, the, the human, there's, it's a circumference. And so your lines curve and dip. And so your angles just get really screwed up. And um, I hate having, having to, turn my beads sideways but if you look really careful sometimes there's a sideways bead in there oh okay and it's just because i ran out of room and the angles weren't quite correct sure um but and then i'm working my way around just in case there's any flaws or anything doesn't line up i want it in the back 
And then how do you actually so, physically put it on there? Is that, is it a so, um, <clears throat> it is a, obviously you can't see this, but it is a pin like object or like stick with a, basically a push pin on the end of it. Okay. And what I do is I, I get a little bit of wax on it. So I just like press it in the wax and then I've got these little holders that I made and then it's just, it just picks it up one bead at a time and uh, just press it on and then just keep going. Wow. Uh, the traditional Mexican way of doing it, they use a guitar string. They string a bunch of beads on a guitar string and do it and it goes a lot faster, but I haven't figured out like, I mean, you would have, I, I, I don't even know how they do it just because they've got all these multiple, all these beads, same color on one guitar string. You'd have to do it all at once. Yeah. I find this easier for me doing when you're doing, I've got, I've got one, two, nine, I've got 10 different colors on this skull. And so it would be such a pain in the ass. It almost seems like it, like that method would be quilting almost like you'd have to sort of see so far into the, the future yeah, right. to it and then switch. The and there's n- absolutely no good videos on the traditional Hispanic way of doing it. And, uh, you can see them doing it for like two minutes yeah. if that, but there's no, I mean, you can find a video of learning how to, take somebody's spleen out if you really wanted to, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> to get their skull. Like yeah. That. Yeah. But, but, uh, yeah, there's no videos on it. And so I just kind of had to self, self taught myself. Yeah. yeah. So, so, um, going back to your career. So how did you get into the, the, the teaching profession? I mean, obviously your parents were teachers, but what led you to special ed, which I guess is I, probably the most challenging, right? Yeah. Um, I kind of dodged teaching for a long time. Um, I was in the insurance business for a long time back in Texas and my ex-wife was a special ed teacher and, um, so I've been around special ed a long time. And when we moved here to Denver, uh, I was in the insurance business as well. It was in, back in Texas. I basically worked for myself and then moving here, I went to work for somebody else doing the same thing, but I just sucked. I was just a grind and it was so much different. And so, um, I was like, I, I gotta, I can't do this. I'm not making hardly any money and I gotta figure something else out. And so I was like, I'm going to quit. And my ex was like, what are you going to do in the meantime? I'm like, well, I'll just substitute teach that way I could take a job or, you know, take, take a substitute teaching position every other day and then still have time to go on job interviews, stuff like that. So I was doing that for a while. And then, um, this teacher guys around this kind of same buildings in Aurora all the time. And this teacher uh, knew that my, uh, my ex was a special ed teacher and said, Hey, I'm going to need to go on maternity leave. You want to do this for six weeks or eight weeks? And it was, 
it was really kind of fortuitous because it was all of the um, kids that grew up in my wife's ex-wife's program. Mm. And so I kind of already knew them already and it was severe needs, um, special ed. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. So I did that for, um, eight weeks and loved it. And, uh, what did you love about it? What just, I mean, the kids are great. Kids are great. Uh, and you're at that level at high school level, you're really just, in my opinion, they've kind of tapped out on all the academics that they're going to learn, kind of maxed out on that. So it's really teaching them how to be a productive citizen and to how to help their parents in the kitchen or mm. self-grooming, uh, how to walk to the grocery store, buy yourself some food, come back and cook it. So it's really life skills types type stuff. And, uh, and the kids are great, great personalities. I mean, no, like none of the stuff you have to deal with, with a regular teenager, (laughs) (laughs) except having to change a diaper, but you know what I mean? (laughs) But, uh, and I just really enjoyed it, fell in love with it. And at the end of that year, that teacher decided not to come back. And so, uh, I did not have an education degree and, um, the, they came back and these guys said, Hey, do you want to, do you want to become a teacher and take this position? And I'm like, sure. So I had to go back and, uh, after I was hired, I had to go back and do a two year alternative teaching license program and end up getting my master's hmm. in it. And so, uh, yeah, that was seven years ago. Love it. Awesome. Love it. I mean, we do so much cool stuff. We don't, by far, not the best academics teacher, but these kids have helped me build guitars. <laughs> they, uh, uh, yeah, we have jam sessions every Friday and we, you know, I've, I, uh, I built them all like, uh, fake guitars, like air guitars, but actual real wood painted like a real guitar and like, like, uh, rubber strings on it and stuff. And so, um, I get to do, I, I get to be a kid. I mean, I get to, if we're bored, I'm like, Hey, let's go to the grocery store. Let's go shopping or Hey, let's go to the mall, you know? And yeah, just everyday life and teach them how to navigate that. So it's amazing. <clears throat> you know, I think about that too. Like as I've traveled, I haven't traveled extensively, but I've been to Europe a couple of times and different States in the, in the U S and I think if you travel the world, but also travel that'll expose you to different types of people, it makes the world a lot smaller and it, mm-hmm. it can, you can build those bonds and you're working with, you know, special ed people. It's like immediately they're going to look different, act different than what you're used to. But it's one of those things that, you know, it just, it's going to make the world a better place yeah. by having some, exposure being desensitized and understanding you know we're really not all that different yeah and i can i can remember growing up when i was in high school and stuff i was almost scared of these kids and i'm like you don't know how to act it's a natural they're so different it's a natural thing to be uncomfortable around somebody with a disability Mm -hmm. i mean it's call a spade a spade it's unnatural because it's not the norm and but it's, it's so rewarding and well, I don't even think it's rewarding anymore. I mean, it, 
It is. And everybody t- says, oh, you're a saint, blah, blah, blah. And you have so much patience. I don't. <laughs> I don't at all. I treat, I treat my kids like a regular person. And, and I talk to them like a regular person, like you and I are talking. And it means it, it's, it's what they need. And a lot of times people put, put somebody with a disability into a glass shell or glass bubble and they can't, can't, they think they can't do anything. Or I got a lot of parents that just freak out if we do something crazy and they're a normal kid, just like everybody else. Sure. Yeah. They may not be able to do this, but they're nor I mean, it's normal. So stop treating, treating them like they can't do stuff. Um, it's really neat. My, the, the, the place that does all the finish work on my guitars, like final setup and stuff like that. It's a little, little, uh, shop on Colfax called Colfax guitars. Mm-hmm. And, um, they actually give me a lot of beater stuff that they can't fix. And we give them, they give them to the kids and stuff. And I take my kids in there and they are great at sanding like hand sanding stuff, they'll sand for days. It's crazy. So Dave at Colfax uh, will give me a, like if he's got a big job, he needs like a whole guitar sanded. He doesn't want to do it by hand. He'll give it to us. So we're actually doing work jobs Mm -hmm. for, for the community. We used to clean, uh, clean my CrossFit gym, you know? And so it's stuff like that, that they can really do. And also it's, better for me to get out of school <laughs> Field trip. Yep, exactly i'm bo- i get bored, bored just like they do so like we're, we're out of here <laughs> let's go to the guitar shop <laughs> well i so. think you get up upon a really key point is that it's kind of i don't know if it's like a human right but it's just like treat everybody else like everybody else. I mean, we all have differences and yeah. you know, race, gender, sexual orientation, abilities, disabilities. It's like, that's all anybody's asking for is just like, don't treat me different than like your best yeah. friend. I think that's get all, um, whatever. But if the world did that, probably be a much better yeah. place. So, uh, I've, I've tried to get these be- uh, these kids to do some beating and it's just way too monotonous, too small. Uh, but I do bead. I, I actually learned how to weave. I don't have, that's what that is up there. Oh, okay. Uh, like bead weave, uh, hat bands. Uh, I've got some, where do I have those? Um, so I've just started weaving these hat bands are anywhere from half inch to inch and a half. And, uh, you know, they could be bracelets or hat bands or whatever. And I've got one kid that, um, severely autistic, uh, a little bit of Asperger's and just the repetitiveness. And he picked it up and he's actually made quite a few for me hmm. and he loved it, loved it. So I, I try to incorporate a little bit of my art to something that the kids can do as well. Um, but yeah, that's, my my real money job (laughs) (laughs) is there uh like one particular story one particular kid that will always stick with you just yeah oh yeah you always have your favorites i mean it's sad to say but yeah i lost 
lost one of my favorites this year. His name is Luis. He's built like a cannonball. He was about as tall as he is wide and short, you know, just, <laughs> just a box. <laughs> just a box. He has, uh, can't, can't count past four, but he was really high socially and everybody loved Luis and just strong as an ox. He could almost beat me in an arm wrestling contest. Really? I'm just so cock strong. I mean, uh, but he was, he was one of my really good helpers, always loved helping. And, uh, yeah, he'll, he's up there. Alex was an, one, another one of my first ones that I just really enjoyed, but. And then what, you, what was about Alex that you liked? Oh, Alex, just, it, I don't know. Just, you, just a lovable personality and, and always, just wanted to be around you and help you and kind of came out of a shell because I had Alex for five years and it was just, he was just like a scared, scared animal when he came into high school, you know, like wouldn't talk to anybody in, in the corner. And then at the end, just being so social and everybody loved Alex and uh, it's just, it's hard to explain, yeah. you know, and then, but you still, you know, then you get, then you have some assholes still. So even, <laughs> even in special ed, I mean, I got rid of one this year. I'm like, thank God. Thank God. He just, he just ended up, he was, a, he was probably the highest one I had socially, but just was an asshole. <laughs> I mean, Teenager, you know, what are you going to do? Just like every, every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, like I said, they're, they're just like any other kid. <laughs> you got your, you got your favorites and then you got the ones you're like, boot them out the door. <laughs> Off you go. Yeah. <laughs> like you're everybody else. Exactly. So, but no, they're good kids. They're fun. That's really cool, man. They're fun. So, so are you selling the art? I mean, is that selling the art? Uh, I've been really fortunate that uh, because it does take so long. Uh, it, I don't do a whole lot of postings like mm-hmm. like the typical teenager female or you know selfie. But when I do post my art, it gets a really good you know liking. I usually get two or three hits from each post. And so, um, I've just been doing one off stuff. Like people say, Hey, I want you to do something for me. And so I'll, um, I'll give them, I'll give them a selection of skulls that they can pick from. And then I'll say, what, you know, what kind of colors are you thinking? And then go from there. Cool. So I have zero, zero inventory. <laughs> yeah. People keep talking about, Oh, you need, I've got a couple of places that want me to put stuff up in their stores. And I'm just like, I don't have any inventory. I mean, it takes me forever to get any inventory because yeah. I've been fortunate enough to just be able to turn them, you know, as soon as that's know. a good problem to have. Yeah. And so it's really, I, I'm a big fan of the barter system. Uh, one of my first goals I did my, the chick that cuts my hair was like, Oh, I love this. I love this. I want to buy it. How much? And I felt really bad because I'm like, I have a lot of, a lot of time in them and I'm not getting anything out of my, 
out of my time, you know? So I was like, I'll trade you for haircuts for a year. <laughs> yeah, that's 30, 30 bucks a pop. I mean, it, it yeah. added up perfect. So then like today I'm going to get a tattoo and, you know, tattoos are not cheap at all. And, uh, I did a skull for, for a guy, my tattoo guy. And so we're going to trade. And so, uh, but yeah, I, what's the tattoo going to be? Do you know? Uh, yeah, I'm getting this bear with a, um, headdress and, oh. and, and it's really cool. I, I'm going to have him do like a, some beadwork in the headdress, hopefully to kind of emulate some of the stuff that I'm doing. But, um, yeah, the skulls just depends on my time. It, it's crazy because design time and actual bead time, I could probably have, 40 to 50 hours in yeah. one skull and uh, there's about a hundred dollars worth of material in a skull. So if I charge $400, I'm only making $300 <laughs> and divide that by 30 or 40 hours. So that comes out to chump change. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, they're, they're beautiful. I could easily yeah. see that going for yeah. something with a comma in it for sure. Yeah. That's what's, um, I've, I've, I, I stalk some people on Instagram and there's some beautiful stuff that, uh, this chick out of Albuquerque is doing and she's in galleries and they're getting like two, three grand. And it's like, I can do the same thing. Yeah. But I think she's using more precious stones and stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, that'd be cool. But then you'd have so much more in inventory and then you're sitting on something I'd much rather do these for, for a person and not have any sitting on any inventory. So, well, it doesn't sound to me like the financial side is your primary. No, no, it would be nice. (laughs) (laughs) Be real nice. But but yeah, well, I heard on another podcast, somebody was talking about how to say it. Um, The minute you start chasing money, God leaves the room and they're talking more like musical. Like, yeah. Write something. Yeah. I can like, see hey, we're going to write something commercial. Then it's out the door and you've kind of lost the muse or the inspiration yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And it probably would take something that's tedious as well. And then add just like a little twist of the, the vice yeah. and put that pressure on there. And then now you're sitting here like, Oh, I've got to, I've got to go do this yeah. as opposed to wanting to go do it. Yeah. I agree. This, um, up on the, on the, on the walls, a little, uh, ceramic cactus. Um, I'm going to bead that as well. Um, that was actually a trade. Uh, the art teacher at school, uh, wanted a couple of hat bands. So I made him a hat band. And so he made me on, um, the ceramic cactus that, uh, it's going to be a little bit different, uh, than what these guys are are doing and so i'm gonna beat that that's gonna be kind of a one-off thing that might if i ever get to it (laughs) that's gonna be a lot different than any of the stuff that i'm doing here and so that's got like a whimsical feel to it like almost like a fun playful yeah it's kind of a cartoony looking cactus yeah what do you have any designs yeah i'm gonna that's gonna be Obviously, a lot of green since it's a cactus, uh, but it's going to be kind of a like a chevron shape uh, all the way around uh, the circumference, and then on each 
uh, top of the horns of a cactus is going to be like a red style flower. So it's going to be oh, okay, like a zigzaggy. Is that argyle or no? That's that's uh, chevron. Is that chevron? What is that called? Like the old sweaters, the like the peanut yeah. sweaters, like the zigzag, <laughs> yeah, zigzag zipper, zigzag of like a bunch of different style greens. That's cool. And then like a red flower on each top. That's going to be a lot of work though, too, because it's that's all. That's a big. That's a lot of surface area. Yeah. So, how many beads do you reckon are on that skull? So, <laughs> I don't have any clue. <clears throat> no clue. It, it's got to be thousands. thousands. Yeah, no clue. Wow. Because um, each one of these vials here—that's fifty grams worth of beads. Fifty grams, and I don't—I think in a gram of beads, it's like two thousand beads. Wow. I think, and I pro- that, there's probably. <laughs> 50, I'm sorry, one, two, three, probably 150 grams maybe worth of beads on a skull, if not more than that. So, uh, yeah, I'm not, I don't even want to know because that means that that's one poke. I'm going to get, I'm going to get beating elbow, (laughs) beating elbow. That's uh, from, that's what I kind of made this, uh, this beating tray here uh just because like, it has some different um it's got a big armrest on it oh, sure. a padded armrest then i built a tra- tray that i could build up size size wise and change the height on whatever i'm doing well yeah i mean i think repetitive yeah. motion would definitely yeah. be yeah something you gotta consider yeah i revised my definition of hell my definition of hell would not be doing that it would be sitting there counting that. <laughs> <laughs> that would be worse totally because then you wouldn't even see it being created it's just done and then you totally. just gotta like yeah totally with somebody barking numbers in my ear and i would lose track yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah that's kind of the process Oh, it's awesome, man. It's, it's phenomenal. Like I said, I saw your, your post on Instagram and I was like, I have got to learn how this all happens. Yeah. And the precision, like I said, is absolutely amazing. And we'll, we'll post photos of this on, cool. on my site, but it's just, it's really cool to see. And yeah, it's thanks for talking about it. And yeah. Teaching. It's great to see you again. Yeah, totally. Thanks for Corbett, thanks for coming up. Thank appreciate you. It. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate the time, and we'll uh, we'll post show notes for you soon. Thanks a lot. Thank you.